brats, 90s kids, and early otters, it's Sam and Rachel's The Generation Gap. My name is Sam. My name is Rachel. And we are gapping our generation today. Yeah. Absolutely. We're gabbing, we're gapping, and we are jumping over that gap. We're not even minding the gap. We're just fucking doing it. You yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> we are uh, bridging our age difference, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, we're a real life married comedic couple what i don't know if you knew that we are or if the listeners knew that oh my i'm blushing but we are uh bridging our age difference today by talking about two movies each indicative of our generation and basically the same movies released years apart it's cool uh rachel what are we talking about today today we are talking about dazed and confused and what are we talking about for you today seth rogan's Super bad. By the way, you've uh you said yesterday when we were watching Super Bad that Seth Rogen wrote the movie, but actually Jonah Hill wrote the movie, unless they wrote it together. But I read an interview today that said that Jonah Jonah Hill was the writer. Should we look that up really fast? I'll, I'm on it. I'll, I'll ask Denise to look into it. Yeah, I I can't believe that you would accuse me of telling lies and then not even have the proof here to back it up. Oh, wait, but this is Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg wrote it together. Yes. yes so maybe, they did. maybe I'm a fucking monster. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So the article I read was wrong. I'll tell you about the article later. <laughs> okay. It sounds factually interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, so great. Uh, but Rachel, there was a time where we didn't know everything we know about these movies. No, I mean, now we know everything. Now we know we're experts, okay? but, but we used to be morons on these. We movies. used to be complete dumb dumbs. Mm-hmm. We're, we were real slaters back then. And we now know that we are no longer in the dark. Pass Sam and Rachel, take it away. <laughs> It's so dark in here. We'll turn a light on, Sam. Well, you know why it's dark in here? Why? Because it's time for In In the the Dark. dark. Yeah. That makes Uh, sense. In the Dark is, (laughs) that's why it's dark in here. Right. All right, so Sam, what do you know about this week's topic, Dazed and Confused? I know that it is one, a movie, and mm-hmm. two, I think kind of a phenomenon. So here, here are the things I know about it. I know Matthew McConaughey keeps getting older, but they stay the same age. Who is they? The girls. Hmm. Interesting. The, the high school girls, because he is not in high school. He is preying on dem high school girls. Uh, I know that. I know that there is a, a weird thing with spanking. <laughs> I think there's a weird spanking That's thing true. going You're right. on. You're right. Yeah, there is a weird I thing. I tried to watch this movie one time with um, the first girl that let me hold her hand. She was um, <gasps> Oh, my neighbors. God. You held someone's hand before me? Yeah, one one time. And that was, uh, she was in fifth grade and <gasps> I was in third grade. You love those older women. <laughs> I'm telling this you, this has always a been theme. a thing. Yeah, yeah. So... Now, you know Days and Confused is a movie and a, quote, phenomenon. Yeah. When do you think the movie came out? 1980 scary, maybe 84. <laughs> cool. And do you know when the movie takes place? 
I assumed the 80s, but maybe the 70s. Oh, yeah. Is this another one of the dirty dancing things <laughs> where I'm like, oh, this is an 80s movie. And it's like, well, it's an 80s movie about the 60s. Right. Have we done a dirty dancing episode? No, we've no. not done a dirty dancing episode. Okay. That was our real life. That was in real life. Yeah. <laughs> when Sam and I in real life watched dirty dancing, he hadn't seen it before, obviously, because yeah. that's what this fucking pod is right. all about. Yeah. And he thought it was like an 80s movie. And I'm like, it is an 80s movie, but it takes place in like the 60s. Um, so yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Dazed and Confused. It takes place in like the seventies. Mm, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, Matthew McConaughey is in it. Um, anyone mm-hmm. else you know in it? Yeah. Um, Sabrina McGovern. <laughs> sure. The yeah. famous Sabrina, Sabrina McGovern. <laughs> Everyone knows her. Um, she was in that other eighties movie where there was a bully. It's interesting. I'm actually so excited to watch this with you. I well, one of the things that you will learn about part about bleh, I almost said Parks and Rec. <laughs> well, I about, love to learn something. about Dazed and Confused is that the soundtrack is iconic. Oh well, yeah, I know. Uh, Sweet Emotion is a part of that. How does that go? Sweet. <laughs> well, I. Yes, it does. Sweet. Oh, okay. yep, I, think, I think we get it. Yeah, you, so you do know this movie. Um, yeah. Any idea what the movie's about? Uh, it's about high school mm-hmm. and growing up hmm. and bullies. <gasps> Is that what the. Why do you say bully? Oh, just because all 80s movies because are Because it's bullies? an 80s movie now. <laughs> well, am I allowed to tell you right now that it's not an 80s movie? What do you mean? When did it come out? 93. <laughs> All right, well, you will find out more this week when we watch Dates and Confused. All right, Rachel. What? I have some questions for you while you stand there so blind and innocent in the dark. All right? Help, I'm in the dark. <laughs> All right. Rachel, what do you know about the movie Super Bad? I know it's super good. Yeah. yeah. You've seen it, I assume. I have seen it. And yeah, I mean, as per usual with our in the dark stuff, yeah. I'm not as in the dark on this one. Um, I saw this movie, I think I saw it in the theaters. Um, but like, as always, it'll be really interesting to talk about because I feel like you saw it at such a different age than I saw it at. I, right? was, I was. I can't remember when this came out. If I had to guess, my guess would be like. 2008 2005 I feel like it's like 2006 2007 2005 Mm -hmm. something like that yeah I was in high school it was one of those years I do remember Emma Stone Mm -hmm. was like a small part and like she wasn't the famous person she is now right um yeah it's it's so it's so crazy Jonah Hill that's kind of like a breakout Jonah Hill role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, he won an Oscar or he was nominated for an Oscar. Anyway, but like, not for, not for super bad. Not for super bad. <laughs> Although, I mean, if you ask me, yeah, okay, so great. Uh, I, I'm just trying to track this. So, Rachel, when you saw Days and Confused, or at least when Days and Confused came out, mm. you were like 13, 12 or 13. Um, right? I doubt I saw it when it first came out because sure. it was probably not appropriate right. for me. Because if it came out in 93, I was like... Well, I was like 14. Yeah. It was a huge But that was movie. back then. Back then, 
14 year olds they didn't kiss they yeah. didn't even look at boys at no age, i didn't right? i lived in a nunnery <laughs> jewish nunnery i lived in a jewish nunnery it was called yad v'chad no um i but i do like this movie it was a very big part of high school i feel like okay like the so... soundtrack was high school through college it kind of reminds me of you know all the, the all the same girls i'm still best friends with today right what what do you remember most about Superbad? What are the standout moments that you can still I remember? I remember McLovin. Of course. And Michael Sarah. Mm-hmm. And was it Jonah Hill was the other kid? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know I what remem- they're doing? Do you know what yes, the plot of the movie is? I remember is? they're trying to buy beer. Um, maybe to go to like a, a hot girl's party or something like that. I mean, to be fair, I feel like we watched this movie sort of recently. Yeah, probably within we? the last year. I or mean, two. there's been nothing to do right. the past year, and we definitely watched this movie at some point. Yeah. So I feel like yeah, they're they're kind of you know out not out outliers. That's not the right word, is it? Outcasts. They're, outcasts. That's the sure. word. Thank you. Outcats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like trying to go to like maybe the cool kids party, sort of like any classic. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to compare these two movies. Yeah. Um, and they want to impress a girl. And so they're trying to bring alcohol. That's like the main thing I remember. And one of them like becomes friends with cops, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're remembering a lot of this movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. you got it. You we got saw it recently. Do you remember uh, what the big, is there a big secret? Is there a big reveal that you can remember in this movie? Uh, That McLovin's real name is not McLovin. Mm-hmm. That's that's the moment. The record scratches. Everyone turns um, and a pug turns a big, its head and goes. There's a big secret? Uh, is there? I don't know. Is I was it just a asking. super bad secret? It's so bad. <laughs> super bad. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, you'll fill in what you don't remember, which is almost everything. You yeah. remember everything about this movie. Take it away, future Sam and Rachel. <laughs> oh, Sam and Rachel, you knew nothing. You were so dumb. Oh, so dumb. Well, Rachel, mm-hmm. let's talk about these movies. And I, I say we talk about them in chronological order. Rachel, let's talk Days and Confused. Let's talk Days and Confused. Well, first. Well, I think I'd like to start talking about it by asking you, mm. like, what were your thoughts? I mean, in the beginning, what did you know? And, you know, well, like, how yeah. does it compare? Going into this movie, I had just watched it at my older girlfriend's house when I was, you know, in third grade. She was like in fifth grade. Um, <laughs> but I just remember being you had very... a girlfriend in third grade? Yeah. That's way too young. Yeah, it was. It was my first girlfriend, yeah. That's kooky, but that's another story. Yeah, a little kooky. But I remember being very scared by the bullying. All right? And yeah. then you check, uh, uh, everyone fill out your bingo cards at home. This is another 80s movie with prominent bullying. It's not an 80s movie. It is. It is not. That is number one, the thing that we've got to check for yourself before you wreck for yourself because you kept referring to this as an 80s movie but this movie was released in 1993 i mean i guess that makes sense there's ben affleck in it ben what affleck <laughs> affleck is an insurance company affleck 
It was that guy. Okay, great. Yeah. Stand up for Ben Affleck more. <laughs> ben Affleck. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's 1993, but, okay. it, but the Ben Affleck that was in that movie was not known yet. No. Um, and we're going to talk about that, but yeah, it was, yeah. So you were a little bit afraid of the bullies. I was, but I, uh, I initially, when I started watching, feel, started to feel like nothing was happening in this movie. Yeah. And I had then, the same feeling. And then I realized, oh yeah, well nothing does happen. Yeah. It's the whole point of this movie. The whole thing that happens is that you get to know the people you went to high school with, right? And and like what the rituals were and like who sure. the groups were, right? I think that for anyone who hasn't like I ended the movie with like an appreciation for the rich traditions of spanking freshmen. I, I didn't say we grew to appreciate them, but we definitely <laughs> knew what they were. Um but yeah, I think for anyone who hasn't seen Dazed and Confused, it really it, a lot of the movie is about you know, just one night when everyone it's like first day of summer last day of junior year for a lot of people so they're about to be seniors for the first time and the last day of eighth grade for a lot of people who are about to be freshmen in high school for the first time right that brings me to the first thing that i was confused about something i didn't really get over in the movie which was this is a story about people becoming seniors also, there's like a whole thing about the football team trying to stay together based mm-hmm. on this like thing this guy has to sign, right? <laughs> and it just seemed crazy that this movie took place on the last day before summer and not like the first day of school. Like, mm-hmm. I just was really, I guess that that was like more normal back in 1993, where it's like as soon as you graduated eighth grade, you were considered a freshman. Well, let me, but before that, we make such such leaps right let's just give a really quick breakdown which is that although this movie was released in 93 it takes place in 1976 right the movie is a 70s movie and sam and i kept saying for both movies by the way where does this take place like we kept wondering and every time sam's like i think la like or i think california but i did look it up and dazed and confused takes place in texas so it's Mm. 1976 in texas i guess that makes sense with mcconaughey Right. And like why football is just like so important. That's America. I feel like anywhere can get away with that unless you're like in in New York City or something. Yeah. There was there was some standout moments. Obviously, there's lines in this movie. And I feel like that's what it actually has in common with Superbad and and probably why it sticks in people's minds so much is is how many like lines there were and and i was hearing them for the first time but you'd be like oh that's an iconic line or whatever (laughs) and i like i get why it's an iconic line because it is just like this is the first movie where you're like you heard someone say like you know shut up you hippie give me some drugs you know slater you fucking hippie give me drugs man right like and that is something that like high school kids just kind of antagonize each other and stuff (laughs) like that like and that was on full display here and yeah i loved um I loved, like, uh, first of all, I, I'm a sucker for the tradition of the kid kind of, like, getting accepted. What's his name? Mitch? Yeah, like, so yeah. the kid who's about to be a freshman. This is, I feel like, our main character, but it's such a great ensemble movie. It's yeah. truly, like, a bunch of different stories going on, but it yeah. feels like Mitch is our protagonist. Yeah, right? he's our Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I guess. Michael Sarah probably. Yeah, actually. that one splits duty, so yeah. half and half, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, one of the things I kept feeling was like, Mitch is so scrawny. They do a great job in this movie of like, the the underclassmen look 
young. Yeah. The eighth graders, it's like they look like they just got out of eighth grade. Yeah. And there's like a girl who plays like a sophomore. And I'm like, yeah, that girl looks like she's like 15, 16. Right, like, right. It's not like 90210 where it's like that girl's 30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, at least until you get to like senior class. And then they do Ben Affleck looks the oldest, but he's been a senior twice. Right. So it like it all it all does yeah, make yeah. sense to my eyes. The only thing that didn't make sense to my eyes was you guys, you remember when they're like driving around and they're like throwing stuff at the mailboxes, right? <laughs> yeah. And then they're just like wrecking mailboxes. Right, right. Oh, they're going crazy. I mean, the, the destruction that these children have, it's these crazy. These boys are very violent. Yeah. Um, the girls, too. Yeah, the girls are vicious mean. as well. Yeah. yeah. Everyone has. A thing they need to work out on somebody else but they're in they're driving in the car and they're like oh what's that bowling ball doing there and they're like oh just throw the bowling ball how about you do it mitch, mitch? <laughs> oh my god he has spaghetti arms is anyone buying that he could throw a bowling ball out of a car with enough distance to hit another vehicle well and the thing is they i don't know if you caught this but they were surprised that he threw it at the vehicle they were like whoa you're crazy but he was just kind of like i thought that's what you wanted me to do <laughs> Absolutely, you know yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, also um what i loved for most of this movie i kept being like where is everyone's parents? You know what I mean. Uh, we it's did Friday see night. Let's the only bro. parent, the only parent we see wields a shotgun at a child. So I do feel like we see one. So yeah. So there's one parent. Uh, uh, the parents of like Mitch's best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, she basically stops Ben Affleck from kicking the shit out of her kids by putting a shotgun in their face. But we also are introduced to the parents of the guy who is supposed to have the party. Oh, and that's I love right. that. Yeah. I love that scene because it's like the kegs basically get delivered too soon. I don't know. I feel like I need to give like a really quick summary of this movie. I don't know. Just in case folks are listening and they're like, what are you even talking about? But basically the whole thing is like it's the first day of summer. Everyone's like, let's go to this huge party tonight. The party is going to be at the house of this very handsome guy. Uh, Excuse me? uh, Not as handsome as you, my love. And his girlfriend in the movie, who doesn't have any lines, is Mila Jovovich, which is just, uh, which you didn't know who she was, right? Still don't. (laughs) She's like a supermodel turned actress, uh, supermodel and actress. And she was in the fifth element, I think is what like she's the most known for. But but anyway, uh, everyone's planning on going to this huge party tonight. And even some of the soon-to-be new freshmen get invited to the party by these seniors who are just torturing them. Um, There's a lot of hazing going on. It seems like the main theme of, like, of the rite of passage, which I think for me is, like, the common theme between these two movies that we can talk about. But the the main rite of passage here is, like, oh, you're about to become a freshman? Then you're going to get hazed by the seniors. And it's like, I went through it when I was your age and you're going to go through it. But the hazing is extreme and the boys get like the shit kicked out of them yeah. with paddles on their asses. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and ever, so anyway, everyone's going to go to this big party that night. Uh, and the party is thwarted by the parents when they see kegs getting dropped off an hour and a half too early. And then everyone's like, shit, what are we going to do now? And most of the movie is them just driving around trying to kill time, smoke weed and find something to do, which I love because I feel like that's what I did in high school. We drove around 
we smoked weed and we tried to find something to do. A hundred percent. Yeah. The way you're describing it, I feel like it's actually putting too much importance on the party and everyone's plans because like, <laughs> It, in super bad, actually, you you'll see that the party has like all the importance. It's yeah. like what we're striving for. Yeah. And in this, like, the party's canceled, and everyone's like, okay, guess we're just driving around. And there's no like, <laughs> oh, we're gonna rescue the night somehow. It's like, no, we're good. No, the night gets rescued by party at the moon tower. Well, it does, but I feel like <laughs> it's not as important. <laughs> literally, we don't see anyone fix that. We just see Matthew McConaughey at one point say, hey. Party at the Moon Tower. Well, I will say that's because there's not a ton of plot in general. Well, in that's what movie. I'm saying is I feel like you're <laughs> acting like, oh, no, but then they save the party. I'm like, they, they don't save the party. <laughs> then a part, another party happens to happen. And that's fine. I actually like appreciate that about the tone of this. Because like you said, Rachel, I think it really mimics that. Just kind of like, I don't know, that, that high school quality you have of just like, and we're just driving around like the, the expectations are low yeah and then like you just you just roll with it so yeah. um but yeah I, again everyone's got a real chilled out vibe in terms of what they want in this movie yeah so i think like you know just a little bit more about the movie itself what i think is interesting is there's a lot of famous people in this movie but none of them were famous at the time mm. so this was the first kind of breakout movie for so many people. Right. And that includes Joey Lauren Adams, who is maybe became like she, she was the one who was in all the Kevin Smith movies, like chasing Amy mm. and mall rats and whatever. But like she was, she hadn't done chasing Amy yet. So it was mm. also before that Jason London, Ben Affleck, Mila Jovovich, Parker Posey, Adam Goldberg, AKA Eddie the roommate on Friends. Right, right. And Matthew McConaughey. None of them were well-known yet. And so I just think that's kind of fun. That It, it almost reminds me of like um, fucking God, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Has like everyone amazing in it, but none of them were really superstars yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting one that's kind of in between these two movies too, is Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think that has a different comedic tone to it than these it's movies. The best, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm wondering, Rach, I have a couple questions about, like, how this movie hit you. Yeah. Like, when you saw this movie, how old were you, first of all? I think if my... So, it came out in 93, but I didn't see it right away. It's one of those movies that wasn't, like, a box office hit, but became, like, a cult movie later on. I think I saw it when I was 15. My memory... And I have to ask Wendy, uh, my best friend, uh, about this. But um, I think that I actually saw it in the summer before my junior year or sophomore year, I remember I hadn't gotten my license yet. And I was away in Vermont at this like college camp thing. And I think I saw it with people there and they were a little older than me. And I thought that was like very cool to watch. Um, but then my girlfriends and I became obsessed with this movie. We all had the soundtrack. The soundtrack was just huge. <laughs> Exactly. So even though I don't think I saw it for the first time with Wendy, I do like relate a lot of my memories of this movie with Wendy. We used to quote it all the time. Um, and I don't know. There's part of me that's like I was obsessed with movie soundtracks. Like I just feel like we all owned this CD, but also a bunch of other movie soundtracks as well. One of my favorite songs uh, was definitely on a mix that someone made me, probably Wendy, uh, which was Oh My Friends, Know the Low Rider. 
do, 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 do. You know, like we loved that song. Lowrider, classic. Um, But yeah, I think for me, like you said, this movie is so quotable. And so when we were first talking about Dazed and Confused a week ago, I hadn't seen it in so many years that I'd forgotten so much about it. And then when we were watching it like two nights ago, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I forgot all this. I definitely forgot how slow it feels in the beginning. Like there's very little plot. But and I definitely had that feeling of like, oh, I hope Sam likes it. Like, which I think is a feeling that comes up a lot on this show, because it's like you're showing someone that you love. Right. Some piece of your childhood or whatever that you love and right. you want them to love it. And so I just felt so I felt that feeling a lot when yeah. we were watching it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it just makes it a more enjoyable experience if we both like it. You yeah. Know? Um, and I will say that this one and Karate Kid, I think, are the two ones that have surprised me the most. Um, I think like it took me a while to get in, but like once I saw once I kind of settled on Mitch and I think like <laughs> I mean, I, I think that the script of Days and Confused is just like a little needs a little Jonah Hill or uh, <laughs> well, Seth Rogen. It needs, <laughs> needs the people who actually write the script. Um, no, but like if it had a little bit more focus, it might it could have achieved maybe that box office success or maybe like yeah. wouldn't have to be such a cult thing. But that doesn't mean that it's not a great movie the way it is. And it actually kind of like, I like the way it pushes against the, the normal things you'd think of in a movie. So. Yeah. It's definitely not like one person's journey and like how they experienced the night. It's like how all these different people experienced that night. Right. You know, and the whole movie takes place in one, you know, 24 hour period. basically. Right. Yeah. And and I I was watching it last night with a more or two nights ago with a more critical eye because I was like, where's the plot? Like, am I forgetting something? But it's like, no, that's the whole movie, man. <laughs> that's it. But yeah, I did, you know, relate to, oh, it's just them driving around looking for shit to do and talking about each other and talking to each other. And that was what my high school was like. And we didn't have cell phones or anything, you know, like we didn't have tech to distract us. Right. Um, there was a night in high school where it was like Halloween time mm. and my friends and I just like drove around and collected like Halloween decorations f- off of people's lawns and stuff, you mm. know, and just we had nothing to do. It wasn't it wasn't it was ridiculous. I was in the beginning like, where are the edits? Like, oh, where's the music? Like, all I remember from this movie is like the music, the music, the music. And the first like 20 minutes, it's just silent right other than sweet emotion so much setup i absolutely love parker posey and i always have and i'm now that i'm thinking back on it this was probably my introduction to parker posey and then i ended up loving her in all the christopher guest movies but i just remember being like she has every role i want to play and how can i get on that list like how can i be on the parker posey list to just come in she gets to be like the mean girl senior who's like all right you little freshman bitches you know and it's just like so fun wash that face off your head bitch <laughs> that's what i wrote down wash that face off your head bitch wash that face off your head bitch yeah i just love i loved her I also love, I love that the, the groups all mix in this movie. Yeah. There, it wasn't like you guys are the nerds and we're the cool guys. Yeah. It wasn't like that at all. It was very, I loved how like the quarterback is really good friends with the three nerdy characters Mm -hmm. that Eddie and (laughs) Eddie, I'm calling him, uh, Adam Goldberg and his friends. And like, 
and and Anthony Rapp is right. from Rent is one of those guys. And then like, yeah, I just love how everyone hung out because that was also like my high school. We or at least my grade. I think my grade was really nice and unique in that way where some of the other grades were maybe a little bit more clicky and we definitely had our clicks, but I felt like yeah, I don't know. Everyone kind of still went to the same parties and everyone was cool with each other and everyone knew each other forever. And yeah, my high school was it felt like that, too. I mean, there were so many people that it was like, yeah, you went to a huge high school. I went to a huge high school that was just like, yeah, what do you mean a click? Like, I just feel like everyone's like, I have biology with that person. They're fine. You How know many I mean? people again were in your class in high school? And I don't know about graduating, graduating class, uh, 700, 800, something like that. The whole school was like 3,500. Yeah. You yeah. were like double us. I thought we yeah. had a big school, but that was huge. There was one thing that we kept talking about, which was, is this kind of hazing common? Like, right. Because it was so over the top and extreme, especially like how they would hit the kids' asses, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was trying to Google today. Did you do any research on that? No, no. This is your movie. I'm not, <laughs> I can't Google that, by the way. I'm not allowed to Google that. I can't Google like child spanking. No, okay? <laughs> I, Googled, I Googled, was the hazing like this in the 70s? Sure. You know? And yeah, I, I mainly found other people asking the same question and, and a lot of people saying like, I found a Reddit thread that was like, is this what happens in America? Right. And everyone being like, in college with fraternities, it kind of does, but not high school. But it was hard for me to really find find anything uh, because it was it is specifically Texas and it is specifically the 70s. And like, yeah, it might be like it wasn't like that in Stamford, Connecticut. You know, (laughs) I remember my English teacher in high school that had been there forever. She'd be like, oh, back in the day, we just used to have a big old bonfire and the cheerleaders would perform. And it's just like, okay, well. (laughs) <laughs> Some traditions have gone by the way. It's like definitely we're not having bonfires anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. For pep rallies or whatever it was. Yeah. Before we go, I wanted to just mention some of my favorite quotes. And you know, you know, like I feel like those are the movies that you love as a kid are the ones that you can quote, right? Your Austin Powers is mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So for me, this you're mo- finding Nemo's. Sure, sure, was that one of yours? Absolutely. Name a quote from Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming. Great. I mean, there you have it, folks. There's I, already I did the all right, you freshman bitches, which was a classic Parker Posey. Um, Ma- Matthew Mah- McConaughey saying to Mitch, "Do you have a joint on you?" And he's like, "What? N- not on me." And he goes be a lot cooler if you did right mm-hmm. um there's also just like i came here to do two things kick some ass and drink some beers and i'm almost out of beers yeah i wonder you know that's a famous line been used a lot of times i wonder because i mean this Was is one first? of the earliest things i've seen with it in it well i guess 93 i don't know i'm gonna give credit to this movie well i i, I know it more <laughs> as chew uh, kick ass and chew gum Right. And I'm all out of gum. Yeah. Well, this one. I don't know. I don't we'll know. We'll have, have to look to Google it. Denise. Denise. Put it on the list. <laughs> I love that whenever we call to Denise, we look over and it's our dog is sitting there uh, and not Denise. Um, also, of course, the classic party at the moon tower, which moved into my real life because at Ithaca, there was this uh, where I went to college. There was this house that was always inhabited by college students because right near campus right 
And in the back, it had this like huge mound. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It must have been a water tower or something. And we all used to call it the moon tower. And so whenever that house was having a party, we would all say party at the moon tower. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when I heard it again this week, I was like, oh, right. That's where that came from. Um, And then most of the quotable quotes are from or relating to Slater. Right. Who is just such a fun character. I love him so much. I Googled the actor and the picture that came up was like this guy who looked like very proper with like yeah, glasses. I'm and sure. I'm like, what? But Slater, you know, is your typical stoner character, but just to the tenth degree, mm-hmm. I just loved it. Um, so yeah, of course there's like Slater, you fucking hippie, give me drugs, man. Get some from your mother, man. Um, of course there's Jaculator, Jaculator, and we all used to say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, one that my friends and I loved was <laughs> when he would say, all right, man, I'm giving you shotgun, but it's only because I'm going inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to say that one all the time. Um, and then I I know you loved the part where he was talking about like Martha Washington and how she would have a fat like bowl waiting for, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. for George when he came I home. love and this is so high school stoner is <laughs> once you discover marijuana you just have marijuana colored glasses where you think everything <laughs> is about marijuana. Everything was intended to be viewed on marijuana. Every part yeah. of history is secretly about marijuana somehow. So yeah, I was just really digging He's that. Like, Martha Washington was a hip, hip lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got for Dazed and Confused. Okay. Wait, I'm just getting some, an update in from Denise here. Oh uh, yeah. Great. Oh, Denise, you're actually coming on microphone. Denise, Denise, the original line of I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum oh is actually God. from John Carpenter's They Live, improvised by Rod, the Rod Piper, played oh by Nada. God. Oh my God, Denise. Denise, you, you have to do something about that. Sick. That is why we don't give you Denise a microphone. very ill. That's why we do not give you um, okay, yeah, good. Uh, she's leaving and she's got a blanket wrapped around her and she's, yeah, and she's got duct some... taping her own mouth. <laughs> okay. Good. Meanwhile, Riddance. what was that? Did that she said? What year was John? What was it? I think it was 1970. Oh, oh God. Denise, come <laughs> back on the mic just for one more time, Denise. I'm sorry, Denise. What year? 1988. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Thank Put that. You. Duct tape back on, Jesus, Denise. To have some Vicks vapor rub. (laughs) All right, so I guess they didn't come up with it. No. Um, I will go sit in the corner now in my (laughs) dunce cap. Uh, But that's Dazed and Confused. All right, my final review. Yes. It was all right, all right, all right. (laughs) That's the other thing. I didn't even quote so many McConaughey. I mean, obviously, everyone knows that's what I like about them. High school girls. I get older. They stay the same age. There are so many quotes in this movie. You know what? Actually, though, that part of the movie, so disappointed by. I knew that that was the line going in. And if you listen to the, I, I should have written it down. What he says before that, like the lead into that line has like nothing to do with the line. Like it's, it, it, like he goes, but that's the thing is I keep getting older. They stay the same age. But he was like just talking about how he needs to like, I don't know. He's I, basically talking about like how he's thinking about going to get a job for the government or right. something. But he's like, 
or like going to college. I don't even go to college or, yeah. you know, getting out of town. But he's like, but I like that. I like these high school girls. And like, I think that it's inspired because someone walks by and he looks at her. Yes, yeah, I know. Yeah. But like, I just I feel like he thought it would be more like meaningful. Or... It literally feels like he steps out of the movie to deliver the famous <laughs> line. I don't know if you've ever seen Hamlet live, Rachel. Have you ever seen the play Hamlet? Yes. When you're watching the play Hamlet, and he's about to say, to be or not to be, that is the question. It's like we all leave the moment for a second while we witness the famous line, yeah. and then we can all come back to the play. You know yeah. what I mean? And and it felt like that. It literally felt like... He just I, I, like was, I was in Hamlet, you know. Oh, were you? Yeah, so I, maybe... Well, so maybe the reason you felt that way is just because the line is so well-known. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And Well, and I just feel like the context wasn't there. I feel like it makes more sense in the context. I kind of feel like it was there, but I don't know. I, maybe you're just, I think you're just kind of critiquing that line. Well, I think I had line. higher expectations of yeah. the line, uh, of how it works in the thing. Not yeah. just, because it is just an isolated line, basically. In the yeah. Thing. Anyway. All right. Shall we move on and talk about the same movie, but <laughs> many years into the future? We shall. The name of the movie is... Super Bad. Rachel... You had, you were very familiar with Superbad going yeah. into this watch, so I'm not gonna you know all the all the stuff from the in the dark is it, it's not I don't know what was your your newest takeaway watching it this time was there anything that you took away from it new anything that you noticed that was different My takeaways are the movie is really fucking funny right It's a very funny movie. There's a lot of moments that are like very misogynistic <laughs> in a way that I'm kind of like noticing again. Mm-hmm. But like, and I think that a lot of those Apatow, like Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, like those movies have a lot of that in it. Um, so that did stand out to me a little bit, but overall I forgot how funny it is. Like I forgot. Ju- I mean, I laughed out loud a bunch um, I forgot Bill Hader was in it. Yeah. I totally forgot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just super fun. I mean, I've seen it. We had actually, I think we said this in, in the dark, we had watched it sort of recently, like right. in COVID times we had watched it. I think um, so. Or maybe just before. But I definitely saw it like way back when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. And how old were you again when you saw this movie? Uh, this movie came out in 2007. <laughs> so that would have been. Uh, in August, so I would have been going into my senior year. So we were about the same age, like when I first saw Dazed and Confused, and when you saw Superbad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember the first time I'd ever seen this movie, being like, "Oh my gosh!" I had never seen a movie where they talked like yeah the kids in high school talked. Like it was like just as much like "fuck you," all this. Like you know, it was like a lot of swearing, a lot of like sexual language. You know. I mean, we get we get a an R bomb in here. We get the other F bomb in here in terms of words we can't say anymore. And those <laughs> and words shouldn't. <laughs> and shouldn't. But those words were used a lot in high school. I feel yeah. like for me, um, I mean, uh, not from it's you. Weird, it's weird that we're like um, super bad is using bad language and has bad like <laughs> yeah. uh, attitude towards women because <laughs> we didn't talk about that with Days and Confused and it's definitely there, but. You know. I, I will make the comparison. I mean, if we're going to talk about it now, yeah. I, I will say like definitely both movies are about kids who are like seniors in high school who are like they want to get laid. Like, right. Definitely. I think <laughs> I think Superbad goes 
further with yeah. it and it's more in your face and it yeah. felt more misogynistic which is surprising because it was made more recently mm. and takes place like in recent times mm. whereas the other ones like in the 90s and takes place in the 70s mm. but both of course like are you know definitely talking about sex in a way that is a little bit well, and not obje- just sex just, but just like stereotypes in general in terms of like what we get from like the violent males and the like really like mean bitchy females, you know, in yeah. Dazed and Confused. Both movies, I mean, I think any anything that's talking about adolescence should probably be talking about crossing that line because in adolescence, you do cross that line <laughs> yeah. several times and you learn your lesson from it. And I mean, in Superbad, I actually love, love, love. All these boys can talk about is how they want to get laid, especially Jonah Hill. Right. And he grew up drawing dicks and he really needs to get laid, you (laughs) know, before he goes to college. Like that's the whole thing. It's, I mean, American pie has that similar plot. Yeah. How in this movie, there's something that's, there's a secret at the beginning that you find out or that Uh they're going to different colleges. And the secret is that he's going to be rooming with their kind of like dumber third friend (laughs) and Fogel Fogel McLovin, right. One of the more iconic parts of the movie. And, that all of the tension between those two is just about this issue and it it just plays out in such subtle ways until it until it like blows up well past the climax of the movie it's it's fantastic how yeah. it's laid out and i think like most of the tension isn't even just about fogel or whatever it's just about the fact that they're best friends and they're going to be apart like it's so it's a little bit, it's sweet. It's it, it, like, it's a love story. We Literally love at, each other. At the end, they finally feel comfortable confessing their love to each other, yeah. which I feel like as a, as someone who's had so, so many close, like male best friends that like, and you know, just like you're a teenage boy in high school with all those hormones, right? You can't tell your best friend you love them, <laughs> even though you're not going to see them again because you're going to different colleges. Right. I'm just like a sucker for that story of like emotions not being said of, of these kinds of things. And all of that, like you said, Rachel, what was the first thing you said about this movie? It's fucking so funny. funny. It's just like it. The, the fact that this is I love that dramatic story that's being told, but not once does it sacrifice being funny for like trying to get in the way with your feelings or something. Yeah. So, uh, great. Um, yeah. Terrific cast. We talk about. I mean, I think this is the first big Jonah Hill movie. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, the first big Michael Sarah movie. He had been in Arrested Development. Mm. But maybe he had done one teeny bopper rom-com before this, like a Nick and Nora's. But I think that came after this. And, I mean, Jonah Hill goes on. I think he won an Oscar, right? Or at least he was nominated, I know. For, like, Moneyball? Yeah. Or or, yeah. Something? And, like, something recently, too. Like, he's now, like, like an artist. You know what I mean? And it's so funny. That's to see what happens. Him. It's like anytime a, a like a comedic actor loses their baby, Chub. like chubby weight, <laughs> yeah. like Chris Pratt yeah. or Jonah Hill, all of a sudden they, they're they're real actors yeah. and they start playing the different roles. And yeah. I'm like, I liked when you guys were kind of dumb. And Absolutely funny. Yeah, it's so funny <laughs> to see like an Oscar nominated actor like 
pretending to masturbate behind Emma Stone or something like all the crass things he does, like draw the dicks or whatever it is. Um, it's so funny to be like, oh, now we have to respect you. But look at this movie where you're just mm. like, you know, such a such a garbage I remember person. the first time we or at least I, but I think the world saw Jonah Hill was in 40 year old virgin. Wasn't it him who was like trying to buy like roller skates in like the maybe. eBay store? I think maybe. that was Jonah Hill. Uh, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. Denise? Yeah. Denise, Denise <laughs> no, do not Denise, get on the do mic. Denise, do not come please, in here. Please. You're disgusting. You're so sick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, the first time we see Emma Stone, I feel like the first time Emma yes. Stone comes on the scene, and obviously another Oscar nominated. I didn't realize like they, those are Oscar nominated. She's Oscar players. winning. Did she win? Yeah. All right. And <laughs> it, it's crazy. I feel like she, I, I remember being like, that is the prettiest girl in the world when I was in high school. And it's just because of the, <laughs> she has like cartoon eyes yeah. that work on camera. But I think if I saw that person in real I, life, I'd be like, Whoa, I think that way about most like Hollywood actors. Yeah. Cause they, they have very large features in real life. Yeah. That when, probably look kind of odd. Yeah. When we were watching uh, Dazed and Confused, you're like, oh, Ben Affleck's chubby. And we saw him. And, and you, then we're like, he's actually not like, chubby. He's not that chubby. And I'm like, I bet if we saw him in real life, we'd be like, that's a normal person. Right. Like, that is not even like, not even like a normal American, like a normal human. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. not chubby at all. Yeah. I know. I remember being like, I remember he's chubby in this. So you might not recognize him. And then when we saw him, we were like, Oh, he's yeah. just like well, he's not like average guy, ripped yeah. Pearl Harbor or whatever, right? Because you know? no one was famous yet, so right. they all looked kind of normal. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, I think like some of my observations, yeah. um, were, I mean, obviously it's it's a better movie, like th- like film wise than Dazed and Confused. Shh. It just has like it, it has more of a plot, more of a through line. Yeah. Um, it promises more and delivers more. I it's think, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's main characters, right? right. Like the other yeah. ones, like really, like you said, in an ensemble. Um, <laughs> obviously, we were stoned when we were watching it, and I the very first thing I wrote down in my notes is so Michael Sarah's doing his Michael Sarah thing. Yeah, <laughs> like just that's he's just Michael Sarahing well, all over is, the place. This is probably the best Michael Sarah. It's everything he says feels improvised yeah. and feels like really like who else could play this character he's so good like who else he like i think that i think the problem so with cute. a lot of uh things is people go like oh yeah but can he do anything else and it's like he doesn't have to mm. but then it's like people only get cast doing their one thing and then people get tired of that flavor so i get it if you're tired of the michael Sarah flavor maybe you had too much of it but it's undeniably the best awkward sweet boy kick, uh, actor of all time i think yeah. george michael and this role i mean i remember in our not the most recent watch but the watch before when michael sarah accidentally punches the boob the boob oh my god we just like cried. Could, couldn't stop laughing it's that we so had to like funny. pause it and rewind it and watch it again yeah and, it and is even so funny. even still knowing it was going to happen something about how they make that it surprises you Every time. So there were a lot of moments that like really made me laugh. That one is honestly one of them because like his face and like (laughs) her face. That girl, by the way, was so good in so many. The the girl who plays Becca is great in this movie. I don't know like if I've seen her in anything else. Yeah, the the amount of time it takes for someone to speak after the boob is punched <laughs> is also hilarious. Yeah, I could be <laughs> so, one of the funniest things. So funny. Um, also, the kid who plays McLovin is right. really funny. Yeah. Like, he kind of 
does it in an effortless way, which makes you think like, well, maybe that's just what he's like. Right. But I doubt it. Right. Like, he's great. There's a lot of cameos in this movie, of course. We've got Martin Starr, yeah. which, of course, like, if this were 10 years earlier, that character, McLovin would have been Martin Starr. Right. You know? No, you're so right. Oh, um, my God. Right. Yeah. If this was like the um, Freaks and Geeks crew, you know. Right. right. Now, if oh, and Dave uh, Franco oh, has Dave like Frank, one line, yeah, like Greg, one cameo. The soccer player. Yeah. Yes. Um, Relax, Greg. It's soccer. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone listening hasn't seen the movie Booksmart, which came out just like a couple years ago, right. it's kind of like the female super bad. Yeah. And the lead, one of the, it's also about two friends, but mm-hmm. it's two girls, and one of them. The actor is Jonah Hill's sister in real life. Right. Who actually um, wrote Superbad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that movie is so funny. So if you're looking for something similar, scratch the same itch, but maybe slightly less misogynistic, mm-hmm. watch Booksmart. Um, but yeah, it's so great. McLovin was great. Oh, the drunk sex scene at the end of the movie with Becca and Michael Sarah oh is. God. Oh, both the sex so scenes. So funny. Wait, what's the other sex McLovin. scene? McLovin. McLovin's. Oh, I forgot McLovin. When he's when he's having sex with the girl with the thong. Everyone has red hair in this yeah, movie. All, all, all the, the girls. Yeah, yeah, that's clearly. They're I all was like, white girls with red hair. I was like, what's going on with Seth Rogen? I immediately am like, is Seth Rogen's wife have red hair? Yeah, like, I said to you, I'm like, did you notice every single girl that crush in this yeah, movie is a redhead? Yeah. But yeah, that, it's just so so funny. And also, one of my favorite things is when characters are unexpectedly kind yes or nice yes that's something i love and sam you and i just watched the series ted lasso right which is a comedy series on apple tv Mm -hmm. which was one of the things we enjoyed the most in a Mm -hmm. very long time and it's about a character who's like unexpectedly really really kind and that's kind of how i feel about the cops in this movie where it's like you expect that they're going to be like really mean or this or and then they're just really nice and they're like McLovin that's a really cool name and like they're I don't know obviously they have their own issues but like I just love that part of the movie I just think it's so they're just great characters yeah yeah and And you realize that at first you're like is McLovin getting away with this and then you realize that the cops were just they knew the whole time they were trying to be nice the whole time yeah yeah to try to change people's views of cops now again you know this movie came out in 2007 our current view on police whatever i'm just saying (laughs) that you know that's what they were doing back then right right um i also love the old tech in this movie because there's just those tiny little flip phones and like it's just it's so funny to me i mean this is exactly what my high school life was like i had a flip phone you know and it was like trying to get beer like i don't know i just relate so much to the quest of this movie you know i you probably just saw in my face that i just realized something mm. and it is that i forgot to mention my absolute favorite line from dazed and confused What's maybe that? i can say it now and we can cut it in and put it earlier there's no way that's happening but go ahead my favorite line from dazed and confused it, it, well, the reason I thought of it is because there's so many scenes in Superbad is also just like girls driving around, talking on the phone, talking to each yeah. other, right? So mine and Wendy's favorite line from Dazed and Confused was when it's like Joey Lauren Adams and like her crew in the car and Parker Posey. And one girl's like, oh, they were talking shit about you guys. And they're like, just tell us what she said. Tell us what she said. And she's like, no, you're going to be mad. And they're like, we're not going to be mad. I promise. 
And she goes, all right. She called you a slut and you a bitch. And Joey Lornell goes, she called me a slut, that bitch. I'm going to kick her ass. And then the other girl's like, I thought you said you wouldn't be mad. She's like, I'm the man. That was our favorite line. We used to say it like 100,000 times. It was the best. Anyway. Yeah. Wrong movie, but I had to get that in because I was like saving it in my notes and then I forgot about it. Anyway, I have... I don't know if you if you want to get to this now, but I I have my notes of like what is the intersection between these two oh, yeah. movies. Well, before that, I just want to continue um, flashing this movie's oh, script a little okay. bit because one of my favorite things this is a, a love story about two best friends, which is one of my favorite things, and this is a love story where they don't end up together. The movie leaves you feeling okay about it, but it is like them having to be like, I love you. And they go off and one goes up the escalator and one goes down the escalator. Yeah. And they never like ever see each well, other I ever. I mean, it's never the same again. You know that. Yeah. And I, I just, their love... lives are moving in different directions. Exactly. And like, that is what that part of your life is like. And that doesn't make like the best Hollywood ending, but it does make a, a better movie because it is something that we're not. I, I remember feeling like, wait, what? Because it's like, what? what's the Hollywood solution? Like, what? Now he gets into Dartmouth? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, right. they, they they just go to different schools, and that's okay, too. You know? yeah. 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 So, anyway. And let's for talk- anyone, anyone who's a fan of Sam's theater company, Thicket and Thistle, it's, like, reminiscent of the end of What's Your Wish? Yeah, absolutely. When your character and Kyle's character, who played best friends, kind of go in different directions. Yeah, and that, it's, like, a whole magical story. But we felt, like, the same way. Like, we're, like... Well, if you got transported to a magical world, like, why would you ever come back? You know, yeah. and it was like more like we had to make it make sense of why even one character would come back. But right. Like, uh, so let's talk about kind of the intersectionality. I mean, we've been kind of touching on it as we've yeah. gone here. But like, Rachel, what are the like the main points that you feel like where these movies intersect? So first off, we have to say that we felt like. Superbad seemed inspired by Dazed and Confused. And I would be interested to find out if that is true. But there were moments, especially because we watched them, you know, right after each other. Like a lot of the music in Superbad is 70s music. And it even had one song that was in both movies. I can't remember what it was. But but yeah, so it felt like almost like a hat tip uh, in the first place. Both movies represent their era really well you know it's not just a high school movie it's a high school in the 70s mm-hmm. it's a high school in the early 2000s you know and yeah the for me the main intersection is they're both obviously movies about high school but they're movies about friendship and change and rites of passage yeah you know i think you've, you you hit the nail on the head there in yeah. terms of like having to suffer in order to grow, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, yeah. I, I'm thinking about super bad specifically of like all the things that don't quite go the way they're supposed to, and how that's okay. Like, you know, obviously the liquor is a whole thing, and they get separated with the cops or whatever. But then they they're on the bus, and the bottle of gold slick vodka breaks on the bus and Evan's like no that's what I was going to give to Becca so that like she would notice me and then he gets to the party and Becca's wasted doesn't 
care about the alcohol at all. Mm-hmm. And then is like trying to force herself onto him yeah. in a way that scares him. Yeah. And so it's just like, I love that. I love like, oh no, we think that we failed the quest, but it turns out that the reward was totally different than mm-hmm. we had imagined anyway. Yeah. And I think in Dazed and Confused, I just think kind of about the young characters, um, the girl whose name I don't remember, but she like ends up with Anthony Rapp and then yeah. Mitch and how like they were, you know, being tortured by the seniors, but then they were invited along for a night, not knowing what was going to happen. Right. And then by the end, it's like they've had a full evolution of their character, right. just like a total arc. Then the other overlap, these are very minor things, yeah. but both movies have driving around in cars, sure. parties, yeah. fights at the parties, yeah, guns. And we also find out Bill Hader's character is named Slater. That's true. And I was like, Agent Slater. Officer Slater. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think like that and like the 70s kind of throwback and stuff like that. I do think that I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily like it inspired like the plot of the movie, but definitely it's like we're doing a party movie about high schoolers. Like you're going to watch all the ones that are important and Mm -hmm. think about like which ones you want to shout out, which things inspire you or whatever so i i think it's undoubtedly a nod to uh dazed and confused yeah i was like trying to look back and see okay did seth rogan like i don't know was he inspired by that i don't know i'm just i'm so curious but i'll have to look and and ask denise to report back on it i guess yeah have her email it please of course yeah i don't want to hear her voice all right. All right. Well, that, that was good. That was it. That is the uh, the stoner high school movies with no plot. And I thought it was super good, and I feel not at all dazed or confused. No. No, I'm right where I should be. <laughs> Drawn dicks and... Yeah. Getting... I was wondering if, like, that... What's that Netflix show that, like, is a mockumentary about a kid that draws dicks everywhere? Yeah. American Vandal. I thought maybe that was inspired by the character from Superman or just any child. Um, All right. Well, we have covered that. Yes. But I think before we go, Mm -hmm. we might have to check out this magical floating hat. What is that, Sam? Well, it's the hat of time. time. Yes, Rachel, the hat of time where events from 1996 to 2008 exist. We can put your hand in it and pull an event out and we can discuss it. Listeners of our show, regular listeners are going to notice we really haven't quite figured out what the intro is into this bit yet. But that's okay. All our listeners care about is uniform introductions and exits. <laughs> they don't care about the flibbity flab in between. The flibbity flabber. Um, all right. Well, hat of time. I feel like I wrote Do down a good hat of time. Recently. Wrote down? Don't you mean pulled out of the hat <laughs> magically? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I do mean that. Do you want me to reach in my hand? or? Yeah, you, you reach first. Go? You reach first. Okay, I'm going to reach my hand in. All right, I'm reaching it into the hat of time. Oh, look what I pulled out. What is it? It says, Lindsay Lohan as a person. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So, you know, what do you think of when you think Lindsay Lohan as a person? Or what was your introduction to Lindsay Lohan as a person? I'll let you start, Sam. Um, well, Lindsay Lohan and I are similar ages. Mm. 
Um, so I had a crush on her when we were both children when she was in the parent trap. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And there were two of her. Oh, hello. <laughs> Double the fun. Yeah. And uh, peanut butter and Oreos. Yeah, I, I did. I liked Lindsay Lohan. Uh, she was in a Herbie movie or two that I didn't see. And then I am a big proponent of people that have breakdowns, especially childhood. <laughs> You're a big proponent of them? I want to <laughs> propone them. Um, I I just am sympathetic to people that have breakdowns. I think yeah. that Lindsay Lohan is a victim of a system, probably. Well, yeah, I'm sure she's also child, a jerk. But, well, it's um, often child stars. I yeah. mean, it's children who have bad relationships with their parents or like parents that are not, you know, well. Right. And maybe force them into things they don't want to do. And then the poor kid, obviously, you know? Yeah. And then Lindsay Lohan's obviously in Mean Girls too, which, so that's like high school. Yeah. I loved Mean Girls. Yeah. So I, I, I grew up with Lindsay Lohan. We're besties. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, this is an interesting one out of time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like I probably don't have as much meaning attached to her as you do just because like when I think parent trap, I think of the one, the movie that came before we should should do parent trap, parent trap as a generation. Isn't that a black and white movie? I don't know. Oh, I'm not that old. Um, but I do think for Lindsay Lohan, I think of mean girls and I think of complete post breakdown like I, I i i honestly forgot that she was a child star until we were just talking about this just now. right yeah um yeah the original parent trap came out in 1961 so was there another one in between though i don't think so but i do think it's been colorized since <laughs> so you've got that to look forward to okay all right <laughs> all right rachel i'm gonna pull something out of the hat of time oh, here good. maybe it'll be better Ooh. than mine Careful. Ah, Don't get hurt. Ooh, a lot of uh, bad feelings towards homosexuals in the past. All right. This says smoking slash non-smoking sections at restaurants. Oh, we've never talked about this one? I don't think on the pod. Yeah, so I remember one restaurant in Cottage Grove, Oregon, where there was a smoking section. It was the coffee cup. As I still lived there for like a couple of years, then by that time it was gone. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know when this happened, like 1997, 98 or something. I don't know. In Oregon. Well, the thing yeah, was, it was true. it was state by state. Right. And maybe even different in different cities, too. But I think right. it was state by state when. So basically, smoking used to be allowed indoors everywhere, <laughs> and which is insane. And when I. Yeah. So I was a waitress uh, waiting tables at Border Cafe. In Boston in like 2002, 2001, 2002. No. Yeah. 2002, 2003. I worked there for like a year and there was a smoking section. And so I was like 23 or something. I was like just out of college and there was a smoking section in the restaurant. That's such a weird point in time where you could still smoke in a restaurant but you had to take your shoes off to get on a plane? Or maybe you didn't have no. to take your shoes off yet. Shoes but, but came still, in 2007. Well, you still had to... Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of increased security at the airport, is what I'm saying. It's like a weird, like, oh, in-between it's not, time. Post-9-11. It's like post-9-11, but you could still smoke in a restaurant? Like, it's just a weird... <laughs> yeah, just a weird couple of years. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I do remember, though, like, in college, 
and maybe just after college, I remember you didn't want to go to a bar. Like you had to think about your outfit when you were going to a bar because whatever you were wearing, you were going to come home smelling, just reeking of smoke right. because there was so much smoke in bars, which is crazy to think about now. But I remember we'd be like, well, we don't want to wear our nice coat but like it was Ithaca and it was freezing. And so you didn't want to leave your coat at home. You know, same with like a sweater. It was just going to smell like smoke when you got home. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's crazy. But I yeah. also who's smoking while they're eating? Oh. Like maybe right after you eat, I guess. But couldn't you just go outside? To, to anyway. be fair, it wasn't for long like that. First off, that section was the if you worked at at Border Cafe when I did, you didn't want to get assigned section six or whatever because it was the smoking section because it there were never any, there was never anyone sitting there. Mm. Um, maybe you'd have one table because they'd be like, oh, well, it's pretty empty and no one's smoking. I guess I'll sit there. Right. But there weren't that many people smoking inside at the time, uh, especially not in Cambridge, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it just sucked to work because you didn't get a lot of tables. So you right. didn't make very much money. Um, and then shortly thereafter, it became illegal, thankfully. Yeah. So, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting, Hat of thank Time. Thank you, Hat of Time. And thank you, listeners, and for listening to you. another episode of Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. And thank you, Sam. Hey, thank you, Rachel. I feel like we got to know each other a little better this week. I feel like we bridged the Generation Gap. All right. Well, now all you guys can go back to watching Bridgerton. <gasps> Rachel's Generation Gap podcast is produced by Rachel Rosenthal and Sam DeRost. Original theme song and music by Douglas Wydick and Sweet Tea Studios. Original artwork by Aaron Maybe Designs and Snuggles by Rosie the Galga.